our theme has been about renewing and revival. And this week, last week we did about renewing the soul. This week we want to talk about renewing our strength. Man, I need my strength renewed. I don't know about you, but there are times we go through some things and we need our strength renewed. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 is going to be our focus verse. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. Isn't that something that God has promised he's going to renew our strength? He's going to make sure that what we are uh, dealing with, he's going to supply enough strength to get through it. You know, many times we, 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 we don't feel that we are going to get through it, but he has promised here that he's going to do what? Renew our strength. Amen. I want my strength renewed. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, I don't know how true it is, but I heard a story that what happens with eagles is their beaks keep growing. And after a while, they have to kind of take a little time out and renew themselves. They have to go to some rock and start getting that, that beak, you know, worn down until they're ready to renew and, and fly out again. So this is our time every week to get renewal, to get recharged, to hear a word that's going to lift us up, to hear a testimony that's going to encourage us. Amen. And uh, last week we were talking about the soul and being renewed in our mind because that's where the enemy wants to attack. He wants to take away your peace, your joy, amen, your happiness. And just to, just to make you be in a, in, a, in a disgruntled mood. He would love if everyone came to church disgruntled, you know, with no joy. And it doesn't take much, you know. Just someone cutting you off in traffic just kind of can take, uh, you know, be the last straw that just makes you get all grim. But I told my wife this morning, I said, we're not going to let the devil take our joy. Amen. Not let the devil take our joy. And last week we talked about having a transformed mind and be not conformed. The world will try and squeeze you and make you be like them, make you react like them, make you give up, you know, make you, make you want to say stuff like them. Put you in a position where that's how you feel. To just give them a piece of your mind. So, but the Bible says, be not conformed. Don't, don't let the, 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 the world squash you and make you react out of your flesh the way the devil wants us to. But be transformed. Be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. You have to have a renewed mind. We, we talked about how we got a, a renewed mind. It's what you think about. You got to change the channel. You got to change the channel. There's some stuff that's just uh, unhealthy to be thinking about it. It doesn't uplift you. All it do, will do is depress you. You know, if you start thinking about all the stuff you got to do and all the stuff you got to deal with, it'll depress you. But you know, we talked about this that the key was changing what you were thinking about. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of what? Good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Can you think of any of things today that, that meet that category? Can you think of something? I'll see a show of hands if there's something. Name me something that is true that you can think about. All right. Amen. 
All right, something that is honest, someone, Sister Johnny. Yeah, that you could think about. All right. Amen. Something that's just. Anyone got something that's just that they can think about? God's word is just as well. Amen. Sorry? We're justified by, by faith. What things are lovely that you can think about? All right. See, what we got to focus on is some things that will uplift our spirit. If there's enough negative things to think about that will depress us and bring us down. But if we want to have a transformed mind, start to think about the goodness of God. Start to think about the victories that he's taken you through. The time when we, you know, we had to, to put in some other kind of heating in here. The time when the roof was needing repair and God delivered. The time when he opened up new doors. Amen. The time when, look, we have new carpet. Remember when it used to be all rumpled? You could maybe trip. Amen. God is a good God. Whatsoever things of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I'm, I'm going to think about God's goodness and all the good things he's done for me. Amen. The great things he's done for me. The pure things, you know, that he's done. And, and then I think about the people he's used in my life. The other day, there's many times I think about my father. And I think, did I, did I do my best <laughs> I'm for my earthly father? Did I, did I you know... Did I, um, how did I help him as much? You know, I think about those things. And, and I think about the, the foundation that he laid. Yesterday we had been invited to, to Mount Zion's. It was their 72nd uh, since their church foundation. And they were talking about the foundation of Bishop uh, Parche. And then I, it made me think about the foundation of my parents and how they, what they laid in me. That today I'm still here. Uh, standing. See, there's lots of good things that we can think about. The Bible says we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. That's why we, we can't give up. We can't give up. We have to pick ourselves up and keep going forward. So this week we're talking about strength, strength, spiritual strength. How in the natural do you become stronger? Food is one way of becoming stronger, also one way of getting bigger. <laughs> working out, working out. In the natural, if you want to put on strength, you got to lift something, right? There isn't, they say, no pain, no, no gain. In the natural, how do you get strong? It's because you've been exercising and, and that means you've been, been straining or stressing against something that before you couldn't do. So in the spiritual, let's have that same application. How do we gain spiritual strength? Well, it takes some exercise, right? You don't, you don't maybe walk in one day and raise the dead. No. First, you, 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 you gain your faith by asking God for something and it happens and you get a little bit stronger. Hebrews 5.14 says this, but strong meat, that means things that, that, that you can that are difficult, that are hard, belongeth to them that are of full age. That means mature. Like a little uh, six-year-old will not put on big biceps, will they? Because they're not mature. They're not mature. We don't expect a, a six-year-old to have bulging biceps. 
It says, but those that are of a full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses, what is it? Exercised. What I'm saying, you want strength. Well, the only way you're going to get it is going to have to deal with some things. Do you understand? Because in the natural, you don't just get strength by looking at the gym. You know, you go past, I go past some beautiful gyms. And I look at all the equipment and I go, wow, that's, that, that looks real good. And in my mind, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I could get strong. I could, I could exercise. But it don't do no good looking at the gym. That's not how you get strength. Similarly, in the spiritual, we don't want to deal with those things. But the truth is, just as in the natural, the way you get strong is by lifting some stuff and training yourself to do it. And that's what he's saying. Have their senses exercised to discern, to discern both. It's true. It's true. Going through some stuff that you learn and you gain strength to discern good and evil. James four six says, "But he giveth more grace." Wherefore he said, "God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble." Now, <laughs> I'm going to tell something on me now. So, I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to go to the gym. But maybe I should bring the gym to the house. So last summer, I bought some weights and I bought a bench press. And it looks real good. And I put it all together, put it in the basement. Now don't ask me. Don't don't ask me how many times. I went there and actually did it. It was all in my mind. I was going to do it. In fact, I'm still going to do it. Now, to gain strength in the natural, it's all about resistance. You push against something. Look what he says. He giveth more grace whereby God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. See, I I, I thought, well, I'm not going to go to the gym, so let me bring the gym to the house. And I still have not really gone down there. Maybe Actually, yesterday, while my wife was out, I went down there and I pulled it out and I said, let me try one. <laughs> let me see. Let me try one or two. I looked at the bar and saw how much weight and said, well, okay, that's beginners, but let's, I'm an old man now, so let's, let me try one. So I tried one and I put it back and I looked up at the bar and said, okay, let me try another one. <laughs> See, you, you gain physical strength by fighting against stuff. You have to do the same thing in the spiritual. That's how you gain strength. You don't gain strength by doing what I do, looking at the gym or even bringing the gym. See, you can come to church and think you're gaining strength, but that's not how you're going to gain strength. It's by resisting, by exercising. Even those who by reason of use, see, I have it, but I've not been using it. My wife now, she's good. She goes down there and she works out. One of these days soon, I'm going to do it. All right. So I'm going to be accountable because she's, she's listening to me now. So the way we, 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 we gain strength, we submit ourselves to God. But what does it say? Resist. Resist. That's how you gain strength. You got to push back on what he's trying to get you to do. 
And at first, maybe you may fail the first time. But if you keep doing that, guess what is happening? You're building up muscles, spiritual muscles. And that things that used to bother you maybe 10 years ago won't bother you today. And you know what you do when, 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 when it becomes easy? What do you do to the barbell when it becomes easy? You add more weight. And that's what God will do to us. We think, okay, we got through that test. But you know what he will do because he wants us to grow? He'll add more weight. Now, I want you to look at that picture very carefully. And, and you'll notice something. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will free, uh, flee from you. Now, when you add more weight, now, if you put a lot of weight and it's right at your, your maximum, you have to be careful. And usually in the gym, what do you ask for? It begins with S. A spotter. So you notice that person there has got a spotter. When you're going through some things and it's at your maximum, that's why we're brothers and sisters. You ask someone to pray with you, to be your spotter. To, 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 you see where he's standing. He's right over him, ready to help, ready to bear up the weight, we're ready to help. That's what we do. You may be at your maximum now, right? And you need to push through. And now that's dangerous doing that by yourself because if, that, if you can't do it, that bar will come down and compress you, can even kill you. And so you need a spotter. And that's why we, we have brothers and sisters. You have someone when you're going through it and you're trying to resist who is there to help and encourage you and lift up so that you can push through. And eventually you won't need that person because now you've gained that strength, right? Now notice there's someone else there. What is he doing? He's coaching. He's encouraging. He's saying, you can do this. Push through. You can, you can do this. You understand? It may be the pastor. It may be some other brother or sister who's there who's going to help you. So you need a spotter sometimes when you're pushing through on a maximum weight to gain strength. And then you need someone also there encouraging you. Now, that actually is a young lady. And she is uh, pressing uh, 375 pounds. <laughs> That was at her maximum. She's a, a, a professional power lifter. And she, I didn't show you the whole picture, but it was a group of high school students. And the, the coach brought her in to show them what can be done. Because you wouldn't think a woman could do that. But through the exercise, through continual use, she's built up where she can way outdo me. <laughs> way outdo me. 375 pounds. That's quite a bit. So there's a process to gaining spiritual strength. You have to exercise. Now, we don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that, right? But that's the only way, as they say, no pain, no gain. As, as Sister testified, right? If we suffer with him, we shall also what? Reign with him. That's how we get strength because we've been through some things. We've dealt with some things. Peter, Peter, the first time he tried to press through when he was in the pilot's house, he said, I don't know the man. I don't. That time he, he, he let that barbell fall on him. But a little bit after that, because Jesus became his spotter, he was able to go before and preach the gospel boldly, even when threatened with death. You see what happened when you start to exercise? Maybe the first time you, you, you can't make it. You know, but if you keep on, eventually you build up strength and that's how you, you're able to lift more and more. 
We're going to look at an Old Testament character who God gave supernatural strength to. And you all know who I'm talking about. Samson. And we're going to look at one of the secrets of his strength. Why was he so strong? So let's look at that. And we're going to go from the story of, of his birth. In Judges chapter 13 and verse 3. The angel of the Lord. Well, let me set the backstory. Israel, during this time, didn't have one particular leader. And because of that, they had fallen into all kinds of sin and idolatry and doing all kinds of things. So God kind of backed off from them and allowed their enemies to, to, to kind of have sway. But every now and then when they cried out, God would, 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 would fight for them and send them a, a judge or a champion to fight for them. And he would have mercy upon them. In Judges 13.3, there was a, of the tribe of Dan, there was this um, man called Manoah and his wife. And she was barren. She didn't have any children. And the Bible says, the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now, there was some stipulations with this birth. Because there's a secret to having strength too. It's all what I said before, but there's more to it. You got to observe some things because even if you do that, if you take in the wrong things and eat the wrong things, your, all your exercise will be in vain. Or because you're not taking in the right things, you can damage your muscles. You can tear a muscle because you don't give it enough protein. Right? Or you can tear uh, all of those different muscles by, by not having the right fuel to go along with the exercise. So the angel told her, listen, he's going to be granted some supernatural strength. But there's some conditions with this. Now, therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite, and I'm going to explain what that is, unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. See, when God gives supernatural strength, it really isn't for you alone. It's for you so you can help somebody else. That you can be the spotter. See, you can only coach if you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Right? You wouldn't respect a coach who, who has no idea what you're talking about. That's why God chooses certain people to help certain people. Because I haven't walked in your shoes. So maybe I can know it up here, but I haven't lived it. And if I haven't lived it, it may not have the impact of someone who has lived it. So God will choose different people to coach different people and to give them strength. And in this case, the angel told told the Manoah and his wife, listen, he's going to be supernatural, but there's some conditions for him to keep his strength. There's some, there's some things that you, first of all, going to have to watch for. And then there's some things as he's growing up, you're going to have to teach him if he wants to keep that supernatural strength. And I said, what was the secret of his strength? And as he grew up, of course, the Bible speaks that the spirit would just move on him and he could do pretty much anything. I don't believe Samson looked that spectacular because the secret, one of the secrets of his strength is that it was the spirit. It was supernatural. You ever seen these, these fights where some little guy and you think, man, he stands no chance. 
He's got no chance. You got some big hulking guy. And amazingly, this little guy just takes down the other guy because it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. So in this case, one of the first uh, um, demonstrations of his strength that is written in the Bible, he was, went down to this uh, vineyard. And in those days back then in Israel, there were lions. Now they were all killed out many, many hundreds, thousands of years ago. But in the days of Samson, there were lions in the land. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. Bible says the devil goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But there is a secret to dealing with him. If you have the spirit of God, if you have, if you have done the exercise, if you've taken in the right stuff and not taken in the wrong stuff, verse 6, and the spirit of, of the Lord came mightily, mightily upon him. And he rent him as he would have rent a kid. He just tore the lion in two. Can you imagine that? I don't know how, how he did it, if it was by the legs or by the mouth. But the Bible says he just took the lion and tore him in two like a piece of paper. And he had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father or mother what he had done. To him it wasn't nothing, no big deal. He didn't even have to boast about it. Oh, a lion attacks me and I just tore him in two. That's it. See, but there was a secret to his strength. There were some conditions to him keeping that strength. Like if you keep feeding yourself, you know what a lot of these um, power lifters and um, bodybuilders do? They take some artificial stuff. They take steroids. And what happens after a while is it, if you take too much of that stuff, it starts to throw off the balance, the hormonal balance of the body. And in the end, it destroys them. It, it saps their strength. And if you see some pictures of a lot of them, after a few years of doing that, they look terrible. In fact, many of them commit suicide. You've heard it's called roid rage. See, so there were some conditions to Samson maintaining his strength. There are some conditions to us maintaining our strength. It was supernaturally gifted and it had to be maintained and the maintenance was upon him. God will give you a He can gift you, but it's up to you to maintain that gift. So what was the secret of his strength? And you all, you all know the story. Eventually, he just got worn down. Worn down. Judges 16, 15. And she said unto him, How canst that I, thou say I love thee? When thine heart is not with me, thou hast mocked me these three times, and that has not told me wherein thy great strength lies. The devil would like to know where your strength lies. The Bible says that angels inquire into this gospel thing. This blows their mind. This totally was not what the angels were expecting. And Satan was, he had no idea that God himself was going to come and be man and die in our place and because of that, deliver us and give us supernatural spiritual strength. The angels had no idea. That just blew Satan's mind. He had no clue that that was possible or even in the mind of God. Delilah kept on asking him, wherein is the secret of your strength? The devil wants to attack your strength. 
take away your joy, take away your faith, destroy your purpose. But he, you know, you know what he'll do? The Bible says in, in, in the end times, he will wear the patience. This is the thing you got to have, saints, patience. Patience, because that is the key to maintaining your strength. Because certainly his job is to win. It's not going to be some big thing. It's going to be a lot of little things that just make you get so frustrated and like, man, I want to quit. I've had enough of this. I give up. Let somebody else do it. <laughs> Have you ever had those thoughts? Amen. See, he's trying to wear you down, take away your strength. And he made this one big mistake, verse 17, that, that he told her all his heart. You can't let the devil know your heart. And said unto her, there hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I've been a Nazarite. Remember I said about that? A Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. There is a secret to our strength. There is a secret to our strength. Now, he explained something to her. He told her he was a Nazarite. Now, I'm going to go into the true reason for his strength was consecration. Consecration. You have to be single-minded about this. If you're not single-minded, the people who build up muscles, they don't go to the gym one once a week. No, no, no. Any of these Olympic athletes, you, you hear them, they do five, six hours a day. Get up at 4 a.m., they're in the pool for three hours doing laps. It takes consecration, separation. You have to be focused. If you're going to become a superman in God, it takes to be totally committed and sold out. See, the Nazarite vow was a vow of consecration. And what that means, they had to separate themselves from things. If you want to be a muscle man, you can't eat half a gallon of vanilla ice cream every night. You have to separate yourself from that, right? <laughs> you're not going to be, <laughs> you're not going to have them, you're not going to be able to do it if you chew down on fried chicken you order up that 20-piece chicken wings <laughs> dipped in oil <laughs> and half a pound of fries. <laughs> no, that's not the vow of the Nazarite. No, there was a secret to his strength that he had to separate himself from a bunch of stuff. And some of the stuff was good. I mean, you understand that anyone had a party and he went, he couldn't drink. Come on, Samson, just a little bit. You could have a little bit. Come on. It's not going to make much difference. Just look, just have a little bit, just a tiny bit. That's all it would have taken. That's all it would have taken. Just a man, you, you're not in style. Your hair is just too long, man. You, you old fashioned. Let me, let me just trim off the dead ends. <laughs> you, you understand that he had to really be committed to this. If you, if you study any of these muscles, they, they have a strict diet. 
They'll, they'll cut off every ounce of fat off the chicken. And chicken don't have much fat. They'll take the eggs and only do the, the whites. They'll separate. They'll do two dozen eggs and go through and crack and just take. They have to be committed. The secret of his strength was consecration. Consecration. He had been a Nazarite. He had taken the vow of a Nazarite from a child. I'm going to read you about the vow of a Nazarite because there were different, there were different um, lengths you could go. You could, be, you could take it for a week, a month, a year, several years, or in some cases like Samson, it was a lifetime commitment. Listen, you want the power of God, you want miracles, you want supernatural strength, it's a lifetime commitment. It's not a weekly thing that you can just do it for this week. You know, every, every year in January or February, we do a consecration. But truly, we should be consecrated the whole year. Number six one. God set this up and he instructed Moses how this was going to work. The Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When either a man or a woman... So this was something that was open to both men and women. And it was unique in the Old Testament because most of the time everything was men only. It was a very patriarchal society. But when it came to the vow of a Nazarite, men or women could do this. When either a man or a woman, and here's the key, shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite to separate themselves unto the Lord. When you become separate to the Lord, then his perfection, then his strength can be used in you. If you're not going to be separate from the Lord, then he can only use you now and then. The strength will only come and go. That's why sometimes, sometimes we're up. Sometimes we're down. You know why? Because we haven't taken a, 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 a vow of the Nazarite for a lifetime. It was the fact that he was this from his mother's womb that God's supernatural strength, and we're talking this week about strength, could, could rest upon him. That's why when we, sometimes when we're concentrated and we're prayed up, we feel strong, don't we? And that we, can, we, could, we could slay a whole legion of demons. And then the, the devil come and wear us out and we, we succumb and we, we, we forget to pray. We, for, we let someone provoke us. We say, and then all that consecration and separation goes and then we feel like, oh man. <laughs> now we could be pushed over with a feather. <laughs> but you see, God set this up and he's made it simple. You want strength? You have to exercise. You want my blessing? You have to separate. You want to be used on a, on a long-term basis? You have to be a Nazarite, spiritually speaking. Verse 3, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes nor eat moist grapes or dried. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree. From the kernels even to the husk. He was not to touch anything related to grapes. Anything. All the days of his separation he shall eat nothing that is made of the vine tree. From kernels even to the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation shall there no razor come upon his head until the days be fulfilled. So under the Old Testament you could make this vow. You could do it for 30 days. You could do it for a year. It was totally up to you how long you chose to take the vow of a Nazarite. But once you took the vow, 
then you are going to be accountable. Then you are going to be held by God accountable to perform the word that you said you were going to do. All the days of his vow, of his separation, shall there be no razor come upon his head until the days be fulfilled. Now we see this even in the New Testament in the early church. Before they got the full revelation of God's grace, there were Christians taking the vow of the Nazarite. If you read in Acts 12 and 15, when Paul came to Jerusalem and they wanted to prove that he was still following the law, the elder said to him, hey, see, there's some people here that have been taking a vow and they're going to cut their hair and they're going to go to the, to the temple. Now, when you did that, when you, when you ended the vow of the Nazarite, you had to also bring an offering. And they told Paul, why don't you go with them and you fulfill the vow with them and then everybody will calm down and not get mad at you for changing the law. And, and just so as to not cause a fuss and a division, you'll read in, in the New Testament that Paul went along with it. He went with the four men who had taken a vow. But this was from all the way back from the Moses all the days of his vow, of his separation, there shall be no razor upon his head. This was the secret. And it's still the secret to strength with God. We got to be separated. To the degree we're separated from this world is to the degree that God can give us supernatural strength. The choice is ours. The fight is how we can do that. Because as soon as you leave, you're going to be bombarded with all kinds of stuff and things to get into your spirit and things to distract you and calls and children and bills, life to wear you down, to take away your separation. Wouldn't it be great if we could just stay in the church all the time praying and worshiping God? So this was the secret of his strength, that he had taken a vow of consecration. I'm going to give you a little bit more detail. Now, it, co- it covered hair, so no razor under the law, no razor to come on the head, locks of hair to be left to grow. The vine, not to drink any wine or strong drink. It was not also, they were not to defile there, but they couldn't come near any dead body. That means if your father or mother died, you couldn't, come, you couldn't, you couldn't actually go to the funeral. You still had to be separate. Now, if you broke the vow, there was certain penalties for that. You had to um, give an offering. You had to shave. If you, if you broke the vow, whatever, accidentally, say someone gave you some drink and you didn't know it had grape juice in it, then you would have to shave the hair of, on the first day after the defilement. You had to bring a lamb for a trespass offering. You had to bring two pigeons or two turtle doves and a sin offering. And then you had to, if you wanted to, you could restart it from the time you, you broke it and you had to start again. Now, you see that that actually happened with Samson. From the time he broke it and he repented, God started to make his strength, his hair, grow again. When you completed the vow, as in the New Testament, again, you shaved your head and the hair was brought as an offering and burnt on the altar because it symbolized a separation and, and, and a... And a consecration to God. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother. What, what it means is, even if, you're, if a close relative died, you couldn't come near the body, you could not kiss them, you could not attend the funeral, you had to stay your distance when they die because the consecration of his God 
is upon his head. And here is the real summation of it. All the days of his separation, he is holy or she is holy unto the Lord. That was the real secret to Samson's strength. It is still the secret to spiritual strength for us today. We have to be separated unto them. The, the more we are into the world, the, the weaker we're going to be. Amen? You all gotten quiet on me now. The more we are into the world, the weaker we're going to be. And this is the battle. This is the fight. This is the fight to be separated. Me, there's so many distractions. Because I'm, I'm really into science, I'm really into news, and it's so easy as soon as I turn on my computer to just start reading all the, all the news and stuff and get distracted instead of maybe studying more that I should do, you know? And, and God, I see God um, uh, making me study. I see God making things happen to make me study now. He says, okay, so you're getting distracted. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test you. So he's, 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 he's asked people to ask me, I've got this theological question. And so, you know, because I have to respond to them, guess what I have to do? Study. If, they hadn't, if that hadn't happened, I'd have probably been still watching the news <laughs> and getting weaker. But God is merciful, you know. So I noticed in the last two months that, that a, a, a situation came up with another pastor had, a, had something in his church, and he asked me, and four other pastors, he wanted us to write something to answer this particular question. So I was honored that he asked me to do it. But to do it, I had to really study. I, I ended up writing about 12 pages of, 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 of stuff. And then someone else happened to do the same thing. God is trying to get my attention and say, listen, you need to get back to the gym. You need to get back to the spiritual gym. You need to start lifting some weights. Because... All the days that we're separated, we are holy unto the Lord. So spiritual strength, we're talking about strength, right? Renewal and, 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 and spiritual strength. We talked last week about renewal of the mind. Spiritual strength then comes from consecration. And we see that for God to use us, the key is being what? Separated. Exodus twenty-eight forty-one. When God was choosing Aaron to be the high priest, he was consecrated. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with them, and shall anoint them and consecrate them. And sanctify that means they had to be separate. That's what sanctification is, separate. That, and the reason for it, the reason for, for Samson's strength was not just he could go around and show how strong he was. Why did God give him supernatural strength? To deliver Israel. Remember what the angel said? Because I'm going to give him so that he can use that strength to deliver Israel. When God gives you that strength, when God gives you revelation, when God gives you a miracle, when God gives you a blessing, it's not just for you. It's so that you can use that strength to minister. Look at this. Sanctify them. Why? That they may minister. In other words, that they can serve unto me in the priest's office. In Acts 13, 2, when God wanted to do a special work, when there was some heavy lifting to do, he had to separate out Paul and Barnabas. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul. Why? For the work. For the work. For the work. We are separated so that God can use us. It's not all the pastor. God can use you. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. 
Jesus did not hand out all of the food himself. In the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 men, he didn't just break the food and personally hand out. What did he do? He gave it to the disciples and they handed it out. Right? It was the miracle happened in their hands when they started doing it. And that's what God has called us to do. When, why do we need strength? So that we can lift weights just to, you know, just wear a tee with no sleeves. Because you notice that when people are buff, they like going around semi-naked. Semi <laughs> you know, they can show the six-pack, the abs, you know. So God wants us to be separate so he can strengthen us to be used. For the work whereinto I have called. So now, we've talked about strength through exercises, strength through consecration, but there is also another part of this strength. As I said, probably looking at Samson, the Philistines just looking at him, probably wouldn't think, hey, he's nothing. Probably he was always getting challenged. You know, when you're small, they think, and you have a reputation, people always want to challenge you because they think they can take you because you don't look it. So I can bet people were always challenging Samson, saying, man, he don't look like nothing. I, my brother could whip him. <laughs> right? I bet he was always getting challenged. And the secret, too, was he knew where his strength came from. So strength then, truly, the other part of strength is giving our weakness to God. If you take away my weakness, what is left? Strength. If you take away my weaknesses, then the only thing that could be left is strength. So now the other part of getting stronger is giving our weaknesses away. How do we do that? Well, here's Paul. Strength comes from giving away the things that still make us weak, right? If I like Cadbury's chocolate, I better not have some in the fridge. Because every time I open the fridge, there will be the Cadbury's chocolate. I need to give that away. If I don't have it, I can't eat it. Right? If we don't have, if we give our weaknesses to God, Satan can't use it. He can't open our fridge and say, here, look at this Cadbury's chocolate here. You know you want some. <laughs> or whatever it is you guys like. Maybe it's the, the vanilla ice cream. Hagendas. Rum and raisin. Oh, I love that. That's the one I like, the rum and raisin. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Here is Paul's secret to strength. Unless I should be exalted. You see, he had a weakness because of the amazing things God had used him to do. He had raised dead. He had, he had, he had seen so many. And he knew that in his flesh, because flesh is like that. It's, it likes being, man, you're great. You're smart. Man, look at how things are going. Now, be honest. <laughs> Which of you don't like hearing that stuff? Ooh, I'll drink that up if I'm not careful. I have to stop you. I have to, I have to check because that flesh likes that. Ooh, man, you're doing a good job. Man, those muscles, you've been working out? Ooh. <laughs> man, you're you, you getting younger. <laughs> See, Paul knew he could have fallen to that. He knew that. And so God gave him some stuff to keep him on the ground. 
You know, otherwise we start floating in the air and think we're something. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So God was inoculating his weakness. God was in, for this thing, I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. But here now, I want you to listen to this. This is the other way you get strength. He said, my grace is sufficient because truly it's his strength. For my strength is made perfect even in your weakness. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? For my strength is, because it's his strength. I don't like when people say my church. It's not my church. No, if it's my church, you're in trouble. You're really in trouble. It's not my church. It's his church. His strength. God was speaking. He says, my strength is made perfect when you are weak. Because he then becomes the spotter. When we can't, we can just about, we, we're not moving it. We, it's about to collapse. And you call upon him. He will, he will be the spotter. He will help you lift that weight. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. So when Paul got it, he, he took a while to get this. Because he said he prayed three times and he didn't get it. Finally, he got it. And God was telling him, listen, Paul, my strength is what's going to take you through. Not your strength. You can't do it. My, then he said, most gladly, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I don't know, maybe uh, in the last four days they were having the UPCI general conference. And I watched a sermon by Brother Bernard, you know, about two years ago he was here and he witnessed it. Now, he grew up uh, as a missionary's child in Korea. And I'd never really heard his story about the persecution that happened. But he said his family, his, at, back then in the 70s, his family was persecuted. In fact, they were having service and a bunch of, of, of men came in the church and, 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 and manhandled them. He said his father never stopped preaching as they were, you know, pushing. I don't know if you heard the message and, and, were, were, and threw him out the church, threw him out the church, physically took up his mother, said his mother's not a big lady and threw her out the church. And at first he said she was very down and, and very distressed. But then God brought back to her the, the, the scripture that says, um, if you suffer with me, you shall reign with me. And that, that those who were counted worthy. And they started to rejoice. I've been counted worthy. I have been counted worthy to suffer. Counted worthy to suffer. And from that they had strength. They ignored all of that happening. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So we have to, one of the ways of strength is giving away the things that make us weak. And if you give away what's weak, then all that's left is strength, right? If you give away your weaknesses, then all that can be left is strength. You give your weaknesses to God by submission, by being humble, by praying, by seeking him, by understanding that what you're going through, he's going to get you through. The Bible tells us to be strong in the Lord. We can't be strong in ourselves. That'll only take you so far. Now, there's some things that won't tempt me. 
right? There's some things that won't tempt you, but there's some other things that I may have a weakness for. Cadbury's chocolate. <laughs> so uh, that's not something that I need to be having around me. So I have to be strong in the Lord, not in my own self. Second Corinthians 12, 10, he goes on, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. He will say, now I understand that my weaknesses when I give it to God make me stronger. In persecutions, ooh, can you be, can you take pleasure in, when they, when they speak against you at work, when they're, you know, cutting their eye at you and you know they're talking behind your back? In distresses, why? For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here's another secret to strength, spiritual strength, is when we give our weaknesses to Christ, then am I strong. And in Ephesians 6.10, when he was speaking to the Ephesians church, he says, finally, my brethren, when everything is, is finished, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. His might, not my might, his might. It's like I told you last week, when if you go out there in your clothes like this and stand in the middle of the street and point to a truck and say, like, stop, he may say, what fool is this? At best, he may just drive around you, but he ain't going to stop. Now you go out there dressed in the authority of a policeman with all the garb, and you say, stop. He's going to stop. He don't want a ticket or to get arrested, right? So when you are dressed in his righteousness, when you are dressed in Christ's authority, then you can point to the devil and say, stop. You have the strength. You have the authority. You go out there in your own clothes and stand in the middle of the road like, stop. <laughs> they may be picking you up off the street. <laughs> they may be picking you up off the street. You see, it's not our authority or power, but it's his. Then am I strong. And Paul is saying, finally, when everything else, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And strength also comes from his word. That's why we come here today. We hear a word from the speaker to strengthen us, to encourage us. We pick up our Bible and don't wait till Sunday to do that. Get a word that will encourage you, you know. Get a word that will say something positive in your soul. You know, I can do all things. How? Because he strengthens me. I have no strength in myself. I'm weak. I'm, I'm really not a nice person. You wouldn't like me if it wasn't for church. Because I could be selfish and mean. I could all be about myself. But in Christ, I can be a new creature. The old things, the old me can be changed. I can be renewed. I can be reborn with a pure heart. David said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Not the wrong spirit, not the mean spirit, not the selfish spirit but his spirit. So strength comes from God's word. In John 6.63, it says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. That means makes alive. This flesh profiteth nothing. Because if you live long enough, guess what? You're going to die. <laughs> You're on your way to physical death. We don't like putting it that way, but it's just the truth. This flesh isn't going to last forever. You need to have an eternal home. You need to have a relationship that has you knowing where you're going. This flesh profiteth nothing. But here's what Jesus says, the words. Let's say it, the words. See, the words that he speaks, they are spirit, they are strength, 
and they are life. In, uh, in the scripture, it says, how sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalms 19 says the law of the Lord is perfect. And it goes on to speak about sweeter than they are than honey. Amen. Thessalonians 4.18 says, wherefore comfort one another. In my first picture, I showed you the woman lifting the weight. And I showed you there were two other people. There was the spotter who was helping. And then there was the person who was saying, yes, you can do it. You're almost there. Just a little bit more. And that's how we encourage one another. You go to your brother or your sister and you say, yes, you can do it. I know you're, you're, you're pushing a weight now. I know you're, you're struggling. I know you just lost your job. I know the bill is about to come due. But God is going to work out a way. God is going to be your deliverer. And you'll have a testimony. You'll have a, 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 a something to, to, to dance about. You'll have a victory. Wherefore, comfort one another. Of course, the ultimate comfort is Jesus coming. I have, a, I have maybe a defect. And one of the defects is I don't have a long-range plan. Sorry. People ask me, what's your long-range vision for the church? Uh, my true answer would be Jesus coming. <laughs> now, I know the scripture says without a vision, the people perish. And I do have a short, short-range vision. But don't ask me about more than five years from now. I want Jesus to come. That's my vision. That's my long-range vision. Jesus, come. Get us out of here. Amen. See, in this scripture, Paul was saying the ultimate comfort is to tell people, listen, it's just a season. A little bit from now, Jesus is coming. We've heard it for thousands of years, but guess what? It is really on our doorstep. It is really right here now. There's some things going to happen next year. You know that? I'll just tell you now, there's some things going to happen next year. It's going to start off in April where there will be an eclipse that cuts right across America. Seven years ago, there was another eclipse that cut right across America. So these two eclipses form a cross. Now, I think it's going to be significant, but we'll see. Perilous times are not coming. They are here. They are here. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Jeremiah 15, 16. This is how you get strength. Thy words were found. I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Now, if you can truly say that, then you, you, you're doing something good. You're eating up some, you're on the right kind of steroids. We don't want the world steroids because that produced roid rage and all kinds of stuff. But if you got the Jesus steroids, they're bulking your spiritual man up. Paul said the outer man is perishing, but the inner man is renewed day by day. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah was thrown in prison for telling them the truth, telling them that this was going to be of God. The Babylonians were coming. They didn't want to hear the truth. So they threw him in, in a pit. And covered the top over. He was in a, and here's what he says, thy words, even in this pit, he could write this, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing. You may have all kinds of other things going on in your life, but if you can find some of the words today as joy and rejoicing and eat them in your soul, 
you'll gain strength. You'll gain strength. You know, Elijah got so frustrated and fed up and discouraged. He went out in the desert and he laid under a juniper tree and said, Lord, just take me. I always remember that Sanford and Son thing when he goes like that in my heart. Some of you are too young to remember that. I just picture Elijah just going, oh, Lord, I'm done. Just, just take me. <laughs> in that he was always doing that, right? He was always going, oh. <laughs> I'm sure there's times when each of us, we just say, Lord, just take me. I can't deal with this anymore. And he sat under the juniper tree and just wanted to die. And when the angel came, the first thing the angel said, get up. Get up and start eating something. Because you still have a lot more work to do. God is telling us, get up. Get some spiritual strength. Don't let the devil beat you up. There's a lot more work for you to do. And the angel cooked him some food. How about that? You have to have God today cook you some spiritual food. And then you have to start eating it. And it will give you some strength. When you leave here today, if you've eaten up some of the words that come from God, you'll have some spiritual strength. You'll feel different. You'll say, you know what? I can do this. He felt so alone and, and frustrated because no matter what he did, Israel was still there and he thought he was the only one. Oh, well, I give up, Lord, because we, we, we just not growing. Nothing that been happening. People come, people go, and it's the same thing. God said, get up, get up. And the angel cooked him some food and said, you better eat. And he had to eat two meals because you got a long journey. You, you far from finished. I have yet 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. There's yet hundreds and maybe thousands of people in this city who are looking for the truth, who are looking for someone to come and, and show them some spiritual strength. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. When we can say that, we, we, we're, we're eating of the right kind of steroid there. It's the Jesus steroid. See, I'm wrapping this up, but strength then is also related to joy. Because you have to have some joy to do this. And you got to go find your joy. In Nehemiah, they had a big task. They had been released from captivity after 70 years in Babylon. Their city had been destroyed. The temple had been destroyed. They were sent back to try and rebuild it. And of course, Satan just sitting there saying, okay, we're going to discourage them. And people started to mock them. You, you people, you, what do you think you're doing? There's going to be no church there on, on the corner of 21st and High. What do you think you're doing? That's not a place where people will, will flock to. What do you think you're doing? They try to discourage them. But here's what Nehemiah said. Let's, let's start to read. And they broke out the book of the law. And they started to read. Then said unto them. And they got even more sad because they realized how far they were from where God had called them to. But you see, God wasn't looking at how far they were. God was looking at their heart. And here's what the scripture says. Go your way and eat the fat and drink the sweet. Now this is Jesus fat. Not Cadbury's fat, right? Jesus and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither ye be ye sorry. And this is where we get the statement. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is our party. This is where we should get some joy. For the joy of the Lord is our, you want strength and you're going to have to have joy in the Lord. 
Acts 20, verse 24, when Paul was on his last missionary journey, when he was on his last leg going to Jerusalem, knowing all the things that people had said was going to happen to him, that he was going to be bound, that he was going to be sent to Rome as a captive. And here's one statement that I've preached about. He says, but none of these things move me. Wow. What a testimony. He's just been told, listen, you go there, they're going to arrest you, they're going to bind you, you may probably be executed, you're going to be put in jail. And he says, none of these things move me. Can you say that today? Can you say it by faith? Come on, let's try it. None of these things move me. Now, if you can say that and mean it, boy, you've just given the devil a kick in the gut. Because he's trying to move you. He's trying to move you right out of church. He's trying to destroy your faith. But listen, this is how you get strength. You have to have joy in the Lord. Paul was able to say, listen, I know what's going to happen. I know the prophecy came. I'm going to be bound. I'm going to be thrown into jail. I'm going to be taken to, to Rome. But none of these things move me. None of these things. Why? Because I count my life. I don't count my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. He could have finished his course being depressed. And it's very tempting for me sometimes to be, I'm going to do it, but, you know, I may not be doing it joyfully. It's very tempting as pastor sometimes to look at what I have to do with the man. I got to do this. <laughs> but the Bible is saying we got to do it with joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. He says, I count none of these things. I count my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy. So that I, so, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of the Lord. You see, therefore with joy we shall draw water from the wells of salvation. And it's the joy that it also goes along with strength. Amen. The people who go to the gym four times a week, they're getting some joy out of it. Else they wouldn't go. They get up and they look at that reflection and they see some different. There's nothing that gives you encouragement when you're trying to lose weight that someone says, man, you've lost weight. You just see the smile come into the people's face. They just, big smile. Man, it's working. All you have to do is tell someone, you've lost weight. Big smile. See, there's a joy. And you can have a joy because you are being told, listen, you've lost some spiritual baggage. Amen. You've lost some spiritual weight. You can have joy. You're looking a little bit spiritually fitter, buffer in the spirit. Amen. It means you're going to be able to outlast Satan a little bit more. I'm almost finished. We're coming to the end of this series on renewal and revival. We talked about renewing the mind. We talked about renewing the soul. We talked about renewing our strength today. Amen. And we want, in the end, to be revived. Hosea says this, and part of this comes with patience. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. One of the hardest things as a Christian is to be patient, right? You've been praying and praying and praying for something to happen, and it doesn't happen right away. But remember now the scripture that we started with. What's our key scripture? All right. What does it say? 
That's the, the last key to getting strength is just waiting. Like, it would be great if you could go to the gym one time and come out and it was all done. You go in as a, as a 65-pound weekly and you come out as a, you know, 200-pound Samson. But it doesn't work that way, does it? No, no. The scripture, the second scripture has talked about having their, the use exercise. The fact of exercise means something that is repeated. It's going to take time for you to, to, to raise the dead, right? If you can't even pray a thank you over your meal, you, you know, you may not be able to raise the dead right away. So it's patiently waiting for God. It's not giving up. It's being separate, as I said, as Samson was to get his strength. But they that wait upon the Lord shall, not maybe if, it's just a matter of shall, renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. To say shall. And not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalms 27. Wait on the Lord. Be of what? Good courage. And what's the result? What is, what is the result? What does it say when you wait upon the Lord? He shall strengthen thine heart. Amen. About a year or two ago, my, uh, car, my, my medic, main doctor said, well, when last did you have a heart exam? You know, it's been some years and you have that problem with your heart with the, you know, the, the fibrillation and all of that stuff. You need to go see a cardiologist. So I didn't want to go. <laughs> so I put it off for a long time. She kept, every time I went to see you, you need to go. And then one time I was in there and she said, she measured my blood pressure and it was high. And then she measured it again and it had gone down. And she said, you know, that, that means your heart just went into a flip there, into a fibrillation because it shouldn't have dropped so fast. You better go and see the cardiologist. So I, I went to see the cardiologist and he did all of these tests and tried to find stuff. But, but, yeah, well, he wants to find stuff. You give him a job, right? More, more work. So he finished all his tests and he came in and he says, well, well, you have nothing. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. He looked and he says, well, you know, your heart isn't actually, he sounded surprised. Your heart is actually in good shape, you know. And he showed me all of these echo location stuff and says, nope, there's, it's in good shape. He almost looked disgusted. <laughs> uh, I guess you don't have to see me for a year. I'll see you next year. <laughs> see, Listen. If you wait upon the Lord, he will strengthen your heart. He will strengthen your heart. Amen. If you could stand with me, amen. I hope you have been blessed this month as we, our topic has been renew and revive. And if we will just put just a few, just a little bit of some of these words, eat these words, meditate upon it. Don't let the, the joy of the Lord be taken from you because his plan is to wear out your patience, to make you give up, make you be depressed. And it's a fight. You have to resist. You have to start pushing through. You have to go to the spiritual gym. Lift some weights. Amen. Come against the devil because he's going around like a roaring lion. But listen, when you, when you get the strength of Samson, what did the Bible say? He just tore him in two. It's just like a piece of paper. He took that lion and just tore him in two. Can you imagine that? And it was nothing to him. He didn't even tell anyone. Yeah, okay, done with them. Just threw him away. See, we can do that with Satan if we are strengthened in the inner man. 
Hallelujah. We're going to close this Sunday school. Next month we will be starting a new topic and it will be servanthood. Servanthood. Paul says his greatest title was servant. If your master is Jesus, servant is the greatest title you can have. Not doctor, not bishop, not reverend, not pastor. But if your master is Jesus and your title is servant, that beats everything. PhD, master of whatever. I just want to be a servant. Amen. We're going to close this Sunday school. I hope you have been blessed. Let's come in our second service expecting God to speak to us, to eat the words, and to worship with joy. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me, Father, we thank you this morning for filling our sanctuary with your presence and anointing, for giving us a joy, for renewing us, for reviving us, for taking us to the next level. Lord, we just bless your holy name. We lift up your name. Lord, we ask, oh God, that your presence will continue in our second service. Let us be empowered. Let us, oh God, be eaten up with the zeal of your house. Lord, let your word, oh God, strengthen us right now. We thank you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Let's give God a praise offering before we go. Amen.